0: This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code Irish Times at checkout to get 10% off. Squarespace's European operations and customer service office is located right here in Dublin. Squarespace, build it beautiful. You're listening to the Irish Times Worldview Podcast.
1: Welcome to Worldview, perspectives on foreign affairs from the Irish Times team of correspondents around the world. I'm Patrick Smith. This week we'll be looking at two countries in turmoil for very different reasons. Myanmar, where the election of National League of Democracy is set to see Nobel laureate Aung San Suu Kyi assume power, despite being banned from the contest by the military. And remember St. Valentine's Day 1981 in Dublin... Some 841 people crammed into the Stardust Ballroom at a disco uh, when a fire caught. 48 people died and 214 were injured. A whole community was devastated and questions and pain still, still linger. Ten days ago, on Friday, October the 30th in Bucharest, history repeated itself in a club blaze that has taken 47 lives and which, which broke out when fireworks set insulation foam ablaze, triggering a stampede towards a single exit. The disasters sparked protests that have led to the resignation of the prime minister. But first, to Myanmar and its elections. I have in studio here Ruin McCormack, our foreign affairs correspondent. The last time Aung San Suu Kyi was won a landslide election victory in 1990, the army generals who ruled Myanmar rejected the result, placed her under house arrest, and jailed thousands of her supporters, many of whom were badly tortured. Today her NLD party looks set to take control of most regional assemblies as well as more than two-thirds of the 440 lower house seats and she's likely to form the central government. It's a remarkable vindication for a movement that has been illegal and effectively underground for much of the last 25 years. Jubilation it was clear from the crowds on the streets of Yangon last night As you say, Paddy, there was jubilation on the streets of of Yangon. Uh, There has
0: been over the last few days, as it has become clear that um, the NLD, led by Aung San Suu Kyi, is going to be the big winner from from these elections. Um, The official tally is not uh, out until later this week, but from the declarations we have so far, which account for about 50% of the 498 seats, the NLD has won about 90% of seats. Now, that will reduce, uh, especially when more rural areas uh, declare later in the week. But it does look like a resounding victory for the uh, NLD uh, and a bruising defeat for the ruling party, the Union Solidarity and Development Party, which is, in effect, um, the political wing of the military. Now, that party, the USDP, has conceded that it has lost more seats than it has won um, and its defeat is compounded by the fact that a lot of uh, senior and prominent figures within the party appear to have lost their their seats. Um, Aung San Suu Kyi has not declared victory yet, but um, she has indicated to supporters that this has been a good week. It's clear that they're going to emerge as the big uh, winners. She's asked them to be patient, um, but already, as you say, there are celebrations on the streets of Yangon, uh, and many of these people who are celebrating today have cast their vote for the first time in their lives, so it's a very significant moment for the country.
1: Now, a quarter of the seats are unelected and reserved for the armed forces. They still have remarkable powers, including several ministries that that they will have despite their minority position. Uh, there's an old guard around a general, Tan Shui, who stepped aside notionally in 2011. Will will they cede power? That's the big question.
0: Um, a landslide victory will not mean that Aung San Suu Kyi that her party can sweep all before it and that she can be immediately installed as as a uh, president. That's because under the current uh, constitution, as you say, a quarter, well, a quarter of the seats are uh, in, immediately allocated to the military. Uh, and as you mentioned, the uh, NLD have the right to uh, uh, sorry sorry excuse me that the military have the right to install um its own people uh, in key ministries including the home affairs ministry and the border affairs ministry and so they will retain control over a certain a significant part of the uh, of the internal bureaucracy uh, of the country um Suki herself cannot become president because in a quirk of the Constitution that looks like it was drafted expressly uh, for a situation like this, that position can't be held by somebody who has foreign children. Um, Her late husband was British and her two two children have uh, British passports. Um, it would be difficult for the NLD to change the constitution because the military has a veto, has veto power, um, and the party would most likely have to nom- nominate someone else to be president. Now, Suki has said that she would be above the president, uh, which in itself would be a novel slant on the constitutional text, and that means that she's risk, risking, I suppose, setting herself. Um, up for a confrontation with the military in in the weeks and months ahead. So I think we're facing into a period of uh, internal manoeuvring, a period of Negotiation between Sukhi and her allies and the military as to quite how um, that 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 shake-up of power will work after uh, after the election.
1: Yes, indeed, and she said in two interviews on Tuesday that whoever was appointed president uh, by the newly elected house of parliament, she would call the shots. And told the BBC that she would quote be making all the decisions as leader of the winning party. And uh, she told another radio station that the next president would have quote no authority. And a promise to amend the Constitution, which he regards as very silly. How realistic is any of that?
0: I think a lot depends on, on how the military respond to this. Um, one of the positive signs, one of the things that people were looking out for in recent weeks was any sign that there was tampering going on, that there were attempts at fraud. And so the the initial signs have been quite positive. It seems from the international observers who've been in uh, Myanmar in recent weeks and during the, the voting itself, it seems as though there have, although there have been some isolated instances of uh, voting irregularities, that in general the picture is of a, a free and fair election. Um, Also, people have been looking out for signs from the military as to how they will react now, given the scale of the NLD's victory. Um, There are tentative signs that they're being quite gracious, quite magnanimous, and that they will be able to accept it. But of course, they know that while the NLD will win and will have huge influence in choosing the president, that they do they do retain that the military and its sort of quasi-civilian public face retains a lot of power behind the scenes. Will retain significant control over key ministries, over the bureaucracy, uh, and over the appointment of the president. That could end up being a, a um, the result of negotiation between the two sides. Sukhi's so relationship with the chief of staff is not very good. No, it's, it's not. And, and she has, um, as evidenced by the remarks you've, you've pointed to there, there has been quite a lot of jostling, um, rhetorical jostling, at least, in the run-up to the election over that. Um, I mean, it, 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 not every obstacle uh, has been overcome here in the run-up to the election. Um, you know, remember that in 1990, we were at a very similar situation to the one uh, we, we're in now. Um, again, the NLD had a landslide victory in 1990. On that occasion, the military's reaction was to nullify the result, to put Aung San Suu Kyi in Kyi under house arrest, a position she remained for about 15 years, um, and to deepen the country's isolation in a way that has done significant damage to its economy and to its people over the last 25 years. Um, so now, as I say, what the world is looking for is a sign that the current government and the military uh, will respect the result. Um, there are some signs that it will, but, um, but but I think that's the big question as we, as, we, uh, as we, after the results are finally confirmed, will the military respect it? And what will be the outcome of the inevitable uh, maneuvering and discussions that take place between Aung San
1: Suu Kyi, her allies, and the military in the coming weeks? And to some extent, she's, she's inheriting a, a basket case. I mean, the, the reality is that this is a very, very impoverished country with uh, very uh, poor economic pro, uh, prospects. But there are signs, I think, that of international investors wanting to get involved and that, that, that the election of the NLD may, might make that, that more possible
0: i think so um as you say in the past five years significant changes have taken place um after the elections in 2010 um the junta took something of a back seat uh, and gave the government a quasi civilian public face um although the military continues to wield this immense power behind the scenes um it was under pressure from inside it was under pressure from outside um, Bur- the Myanmar, I should say, had seen uh, neighbouring Asian economies power ahead in the last 10 or 15 years and um, so there was increasing pressure on it to uh, liberalise uh, uh, to some extent uh, and it did so. It, it, there was some industrial liberalisation, uh, it released most political prisoners although there are some signs that, are, that there has been some backsliding on that and other, some, some were, were re-arrested um, but the, the independent press uh, um you know greater independence and freedom was given to to the domestic press international sanctions have eased and that has meant that there's been increasing flows of of money coming in i believe that foreign direct investment has jumped fivefold in the last uh in the last 10 or 15 years um there has also been significant diplomatic from from very from very very low base indeed yeah but there's also been political investment diplomatic investment uh from from outside so the U.S. President Barack Obama has visited twice in the last three years. Um, he wants uh, a, a, an opening up of Myanmar to be one of the legacies of his presidency. It would help, given that he was elected on a platform um, of this this, wh- where the pivot towards Asia was was a key plank. Um, now, Suki has warned that some of this international optimism about what's been going on over the last few years is overdone um she said the u.s was being overly optimistic in its uh, assessment of the military's willingness to cede the control it has had over recent years she said it's just the beginning of the road that this election is just the beginning of the road um and that's clearly true i think i suppose um being at the beginning of the road is perhaps better than having no road at all to embark on
1: uh, yeah, and, but there is a black mark on, on uh, Suu Kyi's uh, record as far as human rights campaigners are concerned. Uh, her lack of action and support for Myanmar's disenfranchised, persecuted Muslims, uh, particularly the Rohingya, uh, has, has caused quite a lot of comment internationally. And hundreds of thousands of Ro- Rohingya voters were struck off from the voter rolls this year. Will she take a different attitude now she's in power? It could do because one of the suggestions made during the
0: campaign was that she wasn't uh, being uh, more supportive of the of the Rohingya and and, and, and more critical of their treatment, because she uh, needed the support of um, some hardline Buddhist groups uh, who have been set up in confrontation to the Rohingyas and to uh, Burma's m- uh, minorities in, in recent years. Muslims make up only about five percent of um, Myanmar's. 50 51 uh, million population um and the plight of the rohingya a largely muslim uh minority who are have been persecuted over many years, has been a particular focus of the international community over over recent years. As you say, hundreds of thousands of them were excluded from the voter lists. Um, Human rights groups, uh, Amnesty International, said that this was uh, intentionally done, that they were specifically targeted in this way. Um, The US State Department was also critical. Not even the NLD, Aung San Suu Kyi's party, had any uh, Muslim uh, candidates on its lists anywhere in the country, um, people within the party said it, a fear, it feared antagonising um, Buddhist ultranationalist groups um, that were led by monks and that wield huge influence in the country, um, which of course had a, has a large Buddhist minor, uh, majority. Um, and that group says that Islam is eclipsing Buddhism and so on. There's been there's been fighting over over the last few years between between them. So the exclusion of Muslim. Muslims as both candidates and uh, voters uh, feeds into this growing concern that uh, they're being excluded from public life in general and there has been criticism of Aung San Suu Kyi for not being more supportive of them, for not being more critical of the regime for its treatment towards them and yes there will be signs as soon as the results are in there will be signs for a shift in her rhetoric at least uh, towards a a community that has been persecuted for many years and uh, whose plight is being watched closely by the international community. Thank you Rowan. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace. Start your free trial site today with no credit card required at squarespace.com. When you decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code IRISHTIMES to get 10%
1: off your first purchase. Squarespace. Build it beautiful. Dan McLaughlin reports from us regularly from Romania. Hi, Dan. Is it clear what started this devastating fire and who was responsible uh, it appears to have been stampede caused by the fire towards the single exit. And how was it that the political class became implicated?
2: Well, it was seen very, very quickly as um, as an example of how badly Romania is being run. Um, as you mentioned there, the fire, from what investigators can tell so far, was caused by... Um, Probably something like fireworks being used inside the the, the building, um, a stampede towards the exit, only one exit being open. Um, there are questions over how many people were allowed in the building, obviously whether fire regulations were followed and these kinds of things. Uh, people were overcome by the flames and the toxic smoke and the stampede. People immediately looked at this and saw... Um, uh, a disastrous situation and really uh, in microcosm problems that are facing the the whole of the country they were asking how this club was allowed to to run itself like this and um, how the managers managed to get their licenses why proper inspections weren't done um, and they felt like the the, the victims of this fire, um, and we're now talking about 48 people having died from this fire and, and, and more than 100 people still injured and, and receiving treatment for it, they're really victims of a system in which ordinary people feel like they're just being fed upon by uh, a political and business elite, uh, an elite that just sees them as a way to make money, and uh, an elite that sees them as a way to remain in power. And so very, very quickly people got together, and and, and this... This fire was really the the, the trigger for um, for underlying dissatisfaction against the, the political elite as a whole, which has been there in Romania for a very very long time.
1: And is there a sense th- that the, the the causes of the fire or the, or the the uh, causes of the of the uh, if you like the dangerous the dangerous club um, are to do with corruption or incompetence?
2: At the moment, we don't know. Um, three people have been held. Um, on suspicion of um, really gross negligence in the way that the club was being run. Um, but we have to see how the um, how that investigation plays out. Um, but people know very well in, in Bucharest and around the country how um, corners are being cut in, in all kinds of ways in Romania, how bribes have to be paid to get the most simple things done, how... Um, you know, whether it's a club or a restaurant or a bar or, or any, any business, really, to get the licenses you need. At some point along the line, you're probably going to have to call in a few favors. You're probably going to have to pay a few bribes if you aren't owed any favors. And so people really had a feeling that this was a um, a, a hideous example of what can go wrong in a country in which the, the rules really don't work anymore and in which if you have money, if you have influence, you can get anything done. Um, and uh, usually it means that ordinary people just basically feel, you know, shafted, to, to put it bluntly, in all kinds of different ways. But in a worst-case scenario, it means that um, that lives are, are put in danger.
1: Now, the next morning, with remarkable alacrity, Prime Minister Victor Ponta resigned, as did Christian Popesco-Piedoni, who was the mayor of the Bucharest district. But it didn't stop the protests across the country.
2: It didn't stop the protests. Um And part of this was really, uh, you know, this anger had been building up. A lot of it was directed towards the government and towards Ponta. He's been under suspicion um, of corruption for a long, long time. I mean, in the days following his resignation, he was in court facing um, charges of fraud, tax evasion, money laundering, which relate to his time before he was prime minister. He became prime minister in 2012. But these charges relate back to to when he was working as a lawyer before becoming prime minister. Um, He'd also faced charges of, or or suspicion, rather, of conflict of interest while he was serving as prime minister. But his allies in parliament refused to lift his immunity from prosecution, which he holds as a a member of parliament. So he couldn't be charged... um, uh... on on those particular over those particular suspicions so there was great frustration over ponta's position that he'd refused to go despite having been surrounded by uh... these accusations for a long long time uh... but as you say the fire did force him out the public anger which brought tens of thousands of people out onto the streets not only in bucharest but thousands of people were out around the country in major cities um... the government went quickly um... and but but really didn't um it didn't entirely uh, alleviate the the, the, the anger towards the the political elite because people feel that this goes beyond simply one government and one party. like Since 1989, when Romania had its revolution, they they haven't managed to get um, parties in power which run the country in the interests of the people, which run it in a clean way, uh, a clean and more equitable way and a more transparent way, which is also something that Romanians thought would come with membership of the European Union. But that also hasn't proved to be the case.
1: And I mean, very much sense that the governing elite hasn't really changed since 1989, since the overthrow of the communist regime, that some of the same people are are in place and and some of the same methods of, of, of approach.
2: That's right. I mean, the, the, the party that Ponta belongs to Uh, the Social Democrats, and that party sprung from um, the former Communist Party, and the people who led the Social Democrats through the 90s um, were figures that had um, served under the communist dictator, Nicolae Ceausescu, who was uh, ousted and executed along with his his wife on Christmas Day, 1989. that those people, his underlings, if you like, remained in power. They they placed all the blame for the hideousness of the communist regime on the on the shoulders of the Ceausescus, and um, uh, claimed that once that they were gone, once they were gone, um, that the the country had really been purged of all the things that had been that had been going wrong with the communists in the communist years. But um, lots of things about that revolution itself remain uh, remain mysterious. Lots of the the deaths and the injuries that were caused um, have not been answered for by anyone who was in power at the time. And remaining still, like so many things, not only about the 89 revolution, but the time before and afterwards, have been swept under the carpet. Um, and that the current political elite is still tainted by its refusal to examine closely what happened back in 89 and all the various corruption and other scandals that have taken place since.
1: Uh, those same social ne- democrats will actually lead the the new government which is a, which is going to draw other parties uh into it uh, w- will will it hold together and and is there any likelihood of elections
2: well it looks at the moment in the last 24 hours we've seen um uh support building around uh, the idea of a, a technocratic government uh, basically to lead the country just to manage the country really a government of experts to take the country through to uh, parliamentary elections that are planned for uh the end of 2016 so so basically to run the country for about a year to prepare the gov- to prepare the country for parliamentary elections um, and this is something that um president Klaus Johannes seems to be in support of, and uh, he hasn't expressed any any keenness for snap elections. He seems to like the idea of a technocratic government to go through for a year. And the parties have been coalescing around this idea in the last day or so. And the name of, uh, of Liviu Voinea, who is currently the deputy central bank governor, ha- has, has come forward as a likely um, prime ministerial candidate. We'll see. We haven't got an official decision on that, but and um, that may go forward to uh, if the president does decide to back this option and to back the voinaire this will go to parliament and they will have a chance to vote on it um, probably within the next week or 10
1: days. Now the EU has talked about increasing monitoring of Romania because of an arm about the country's commitment to democratic values and how, how is this being playing in in uh, in Brussels and, um, and with the uh, R- Romania's uh, EU partners?
2: Well certainly this been something that Romania struggled with since it joined the European Union. Um, it was under special monitoring measures along with Bulgaria, the country that it joined with um, for a long time. And, and it's had huge problems in simply um, convincing, two things really, convincing Brussels that it is tackling corruption properly, and also with um, absorbing the funds that brussels is, is offering to it because the country has been run really in such a an incompetent and haphazard fashion that the agencies that should have been dealing with the huge amounts of the money available to romania since it joined the Euro- european union have not been given to romania because it's incapable of absorbing them in, in, in european union parlance in, in using them effectively and in protecting them from corruption and from being disappearing into various pockets, basically, um, there's also been lots of uh, trouble over a number of years, uh, uh, lots of dispute between inside Romania and with the European Union over an anti-corruption bureau, um, over the makeup of the bureau, who runs the bureau, the powers of the bureau, and there's been a constant tug of war really in Romania over over the powers that it has and whether it has the uh, the ability to hold politicians properly to account. We mentioned Pontus there, for example, um, and prosecutors could not hold him to account for alleged uh, conflicts of interest as prime minister because parliamentarians would not vote to lift his immunity. So um, this has been a major problem, um, introducing laws which basically um, give power to the the, uh, anti-corruption bureau to, to tackle corruption at all levels. Um, to some extent, I mean, they've had a few successes. If we look, for example, at Ponta's political mentor, the guy that sort of guided him into top-level politics, um, Adrian Nastase, he was prime minister, but he was jailed on corruption charges after he'd left power. and um, but it's a constant battle. It's a battle that certainly hasn't been won. And this is really the, 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 the underlying cause and the main motivating factor that's brought people onto the streets for what, what have been the, the biggest protests Romania has seen since 1989 in the last few days.
1: Thanks, Dan. That's all from Worldview this week. Thanks to Ruan McCormick, Dan McLaughlin and our producer Sinead O'Shea and Gary White on sound.